I'm Andy Chrisman, and for the past four decades, I have found myself in the middle of the phenomenon that is the Christian music industry. From my years recording and touring the world as one of the guys in For Him, to my years as a mega church worship pastor, and for the past 16 years, I've been hosting a radio show called Worship with Andy Chrisman, heard on 500 stations around the world every week. And because of all this, I've been blessed with a unique perspective. I've toured with, recorded with, and become friends with just about everyone that's responsible for the music that plays on Christian radio and sung in churches everywhere. And I think that makes me the perfect person to share their stories with you here on One Degree of Andy. In the early 2000s, For Him invited James, John, Joe, Sam, and Jesse Katina to go on tour with us. And I get this question a lot. Who did you enjoy touring with the most? Mm. And my answer is always the same. The most fun I ever had on the road, and this is true, was with the Katinas. Wow. With you guys. These guys were loud, <laughs> energetic, <laughs> talk sports more than anyone else we toured with, which I personally loved. They played lots of basketball, and I can vaguely remember an injury or two a couple hours before a show. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that happened more than once. But what made the biggest impression on me was the spirit of worship that, that they brought with them. Mm. And I'll be honest, I don't really remember the concert so much that year, but I remember the prayer rooms. Mm. Those moments mm. before we hit the stage every night still resonate with me. I remember how much these guys were in love with Jesus, how it spilled over to the people they came in contact with. Their sweet family harmonies were, and still are, one of a kind in Christian music. But most of all, they are the real deal and I always love being around them. Man. Thanks, James, Andy. That's Joe, huge. Katina, thank you. Wow. Two out of five ain't bad. So, yeah. man, I mean, do you, do you have some of those same memories of, and, and was it early 2000s? Was it 2000, 2001? I, that's fuzzy to me. Do you guys remember it all? James, do you remember? The, uh, I think uh, it was specific it was years. Early, Definitely early 2000s. Early, yeah. Yeah. Um, and dude, bro, so good to see you. Yes. Uh, it, you know, you're the kind of guy that we cannot see for years. And then when we see you, we just pick up <laughs> from where we left off. And Absolutely. Which is true because we saw each other, what, about a year and a half ago? Yeah, that's is it. Is that right? Yeah. When TV we did thing. that Carmen tribute yep. show yep. in that's Nashville. Right. And when we saw you guys, it was just like we had just done a show the week before. Uh, yep. And uh, we love you, even though you are a Mavs fan, and hey. you know we love you dearly. <laughs> and uh, those oh, were some man. some. I yeah, think... well, and I, you know I hate it for your Lakers. But, you know, hey, we're fighting. Right. We're fighting. We're not doing much better. Yeah. <laughs> those are some awesome days. We loved that yeah. tour. We loved it. Yeah, I, I really do. You know, I was because I was, you know, that was a that was an interesting time in my life because I was, I was actively trying to get off the road. Mm. Like I knew my Christian music career was God was drawing me into something else. Mm -hmm. And worship was yeah. the thing that I always kept coming back to because I knew in the very beginning that of my career that worship was something that God wanted me to be a part of. But man, in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, worship wasn't a thing. You know, that yeah. was, it was, and, and I've, I've, I've probably said this on a couple different uh, of these podcasts. In fact, I think I, sh I uh, Clay Cross and I talked about the same thing was that, you know, back in the nineties, if you couldn't make it in Christian music, the consolation prize was to go be a worship pastor at a church somewhere. Yeah. 
But that all started to change in the early 2000s because worship started to creep its way into the mainstream with Delirious and Michael W. Smith's project, and you guys were a big part of that as well. So I'll I'll get to that in a minute because I I really want to talk about your journey into pushing worship into the mainstream Mm. because I think you guys were a big part of that. Um, But I just remember those days uh, when we were touring together. That's why I mentioned those prayer rooms before we went out, because before that, I mean, we would have prayer rooms, we'd have prayer times, but with you guys, it was like having a bunch of pastors <laughs> on the road, a bunch wow. of worship pastors, a bunch of guys that that took what we were wanting to do a level deeper. Mm. And that's, that's again, we had fun, we laughed, uh, we I don't know that I got on the court with you guys, because I was intimidated, but you guys played a lot of basketball, <laughs> we threw the football around a lot, we, yeah. you know, we, we had a good time on the bus, but... Man, I always looked forward to those those prayer rooms. Uh, you know, l- let's go back though. I'll, I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to go back and hear your story. So I want to know how you guys got started. I want to know when you knew that that uh, a career in Christian music was something that was attainable for the Katinas. Well, again, Andy, thank you so much. Uh, I, uh, I I'm just really grateful for this opportunity. For us, we actually started really as a worship band. You know, we probably didn't call it a worship band, but uh, for for people who don't know, we're we're five real brothers, right? Same mom, same dad, and it was uh, back in the Samoan Islands, where uh, both our parents are originally from, that uh, they felt a calling to uh, help the church, the body of Christ there, and uh, you know we. They were uh, asked to pastor a small, tiny village church. And so that was really the beginning because our dad was not only the preacher, he had to take up the offering. He uh, was uh, leading worship from a pump organ, Mm -hmm. you know, and finally he looked and said, man, I've got all these boys. You guys, you know, you guys need to pitch in, help out. So um, evidently he he started getting, I remember it was Sam, uh, probably within a week or two, he taught Sam three or four basic chords. And by that next Saturday morning, five o'clock in the morning, Saturday prayer time, uh, Sam is playing, you know, and uh, that literally uh, began this, this whole journey of us. Uh, We were, we were already singing uh, because our dad was, you know, he taught us harmonies. We couldn't afford to go to any formal schooling back in the islands. So we were singing, and then eventually, you know, next in line was Joe. You know, we kind of go that the oldest to youngest. So Joe got behind the drums, and then I was next in line. As you know, I'm I'm a twin, uh, but I'm older than John by 26 minutes. So I I got you behind never let the him bass. forget it. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> I got behind the bass, and uh, but but for the longest time we were just this worship band for our dad's uh, village church in American Samoa. And at the same time, we had uh, cousins here in the mainland, in the States, we call it the mainland, that would send us cassettes or records of uh, people like Andre Crouch, uh, the Imperials, um, you know, Sweet Comfort Band. Remember Sweet Comfort Band? Brian oh, man, Duncan. yeah. Brian and Duncan so, and you know, Carlisle. And, yeah, oh, and anything that, that our cousins were listening to uh, here in the States, we thought, well, that must be the, the good stuff. So we, we just started. Which Imperial records? What, what, what Imperial albums oh, do you Oh, man. Um, 
The um, one with I'm Forgiven. I'm forgiven. Uh, praise oh, the yeah. Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. One, more one more song, song for you. Which some of those, uh, One More Song for You, we actually uh, did an arrangement many years later, recorded it. Oh, gosh. So those were our so influences, good. right? And, yeah. and while we were leading worship, we would take these, you know, recordings and we'd use those for worship. And we would lead these people who really, you know, English wasn't even their second language, but mm-hmm. we would teach it to our, our youth. And, um, you know, those were, those were fond memories, but it all started because of, again, just the influence of people like, like Andre Crouch. And uh, I can go on and on. Yeah. yeah. Nobody sent you a for him record. <laughs> Bro, Noel, when For Him yeah, came out, here. we were we were definitely the big fans. I remember yeah. uh For Him was like the boy band. Yeah, of, For of Him was era. the young. You we were the mean? original boy band. We were. <laughs> you were. There was, yeah, there was nobody else doing what we were doing. You yeah. were. You were. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> A man band. I prefer man band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy yeah. Band. You A were man the original band. man band. Young man band. <laughs> and then when so uh so you're you're developing this this chemistry, which comes so naturally to brothers and, mm. and families. I mean, there's nothing like family harmony mm. or when, when siblings sing together. I mean, yeah. that's just, I mean, you can't, you can't beat that. So obviously you guys are developing a sound. You're, you know, you're getting, how did you get noticed by the Christian record labels? When we moved, uh, so we came, uh, eventually came back to America because we were all born here because our dad was a Marine, you retired Marine. And then as James referred to, we moved back to Samoa or to Samoa for the, when we were just kids. Yeah. And then uh, mom was diagnosed with cancer. So in our teenage years, I think I was 17, we moved back to America uh, for treatment for her, for medical treatment. We moved to Washington state and we were literally just in, you know, we were, we knew nobody. We were on welfare, lived in this, area certain area of town where it was a pretty pretty rough area of course we didn't know that we yeah. we didn't really know the dynamics of america so uh, with all due respect we were literally living in what they call the hood in tacoma washington where there was we were surrounded by crack houses and everything that comes with those areas but so we we i remember we walked to this church and the reason why it became our church was because we could walk to it we didn't have <laughs> yes. a car at the time. And it was a church, literally, I'm not kidding, Andy. Uh, it, it was, um, how do I say that? It was like a dying church. Like it was in a neighborhood yeah. and the neighborhood had changed, but the church didn't change. Yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, and there were, they were like elderly Norwegian people. This was the congregation. Like 30 of them. 30 of them. Yeah. And we walked in they probably hadn't seen people our age in years, uh, at least attending the church. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so we became, we literally be, became the youth group. <laughs> and then the Incredible. next week, they, I think Pastor, his name was Pastor Rodney. He called us up. He, Can you all sing a song? He had no idea we yeah. sang. And we went up and we sang some acapella song, and then we became the worship band. <laughs> so for the next two years, mm. while we're in Tacoma, Washington, these people became our family, yeah. and they started, you know, they took care of us, literally. While we were on welfare, they sent the church secretary to our house. The man, they furnished our house, put food, gave us wow. food. 
they uh, gave us a, 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 mini, a grand, piano grand piano. To they brought it to oh, our house wow. so we could yeah. rehearse. Yeah. Wow. And they bought us a car. Yeah. So for the that's first, incredible. that's the church, right? I mean, yeah. they, they, they just became our family. Uh, meanwhile, mom passed away months after we first met them. Yeah. They helped mm. with mom's memorial service. They became Amazing. our family for they the really next have. two years. I remember, Joe, so this grand piano that they, they gave us, you know, furnished the house. And remember this, this neighborhood that we're in, right? So just kind of get the visual. We would, we would be rehearsing like crazy. Didn't have anywhere to sing, but for hours, we'd just be rehearsing Sam on the piano and it would strike like midnight. And we're like, guys, we got to shut it down. And, and then we'd, we'd hear like, like knocks on the, the window and we'd open up the window and, and the people are like, hey man, why'd you stop playing? Keep going, man. Sing it <laughs> oh again. My gosh. Keep singing, you know. <laughs> wow. So we were in the perfect spot to be rehearsing as much as we wanted to. <laughs> yeah. So one thing led to another. Um, there was this church. It was a, a mega church at the time that was in our town. Uh, so we connected with a singles pastor back then when they used to have singles. Yeah. And he had us lead worship. for. <laughs> we were like these teenage kids leading yeah. worship. Yeah, I was going to ask, how old were you at that point? I think I, I was 17. Was what was the age? What were the ages yeah. of all the brothers? Jesse would have been 13. John and I, 15. You would have been 17. What, 17. And maybe Sam was like turning 20. 20. He was turning yeah. 20. So, and so, so he, we, he was our guardian as well yeah. because mom yeah. and dad, but mom passed away. Wow. Dad moved back to the island. So just the wow. five of us. So we started singing at these singles. Every serve, uh, Monday they had yeah. singles. And one time, uh, Roby Duke. Remember Roby? Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, Roby so Duke. Roby came and they had him as a guest artist. And we grew Roby was one of the guys we grew up on in Samoa. Yeah. Blue-eyed soul. Blue-eyed soul. Blue-eyed soul. Yeah. Blue-eyed soul. So we connected with Roby. And I think that was the, the, the this how Roby produced our first record. It was a small youth uh, label out from Maranatha Music. It was called Arcade. And we were called yeah. Katina Boys with a Z at the time. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I do remember that. that. Was the first yeah. Okay, thing. so funny story. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because the Christian music world is such a tight knit community. Yeah. Um, I was in a band in college in Stillwater, Oklahoma. I'm not going to say the name of the band because yeah. I don't want people to go look it up <laughs> uh, because the music is, you yeah. can find the music. Right, right. But I was in this little band. We wrote our own songs and, and uh, uh, we somehow a copy of our, demo got to Roby Duke. Wow. And he was very interested wow. In, wow. in doing some developmental yep. deal with us. And then I got a call to go audition for Truth. Okay. And I, let, I told the guys, I said, I'm, I think yes. I'm supposed to go do this. Yeah. And then the yeah. band, wow. you know, I never got a chance to work with Roby, but that's interesting. That, yeah. that could have been, yeah. could have been right around the same time. Well, <laughs> yeah. it would have been a lot earlier than what yeah. you guys were. Anyway, yeah. continue. Yeah. So that was the, where well, you asked, you know, how did we kind of first start making I guess getting introduced to the to the industry that it was yeah man ninety nineteen ninety well, yeah because I was gonna say we probably met him in nineteen ninety actually yeah and uh, came out with that record uh, Tina 90, Boys yeah ninety one yeah. yeah so that was the beginning yeah wow crazy and then so from the Katina Boys to the Katinas uh, what 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 was that transition there um, like. Because I remember, you know, I, and obviously I want to get to the song "Thank You," mm. because that to me that was 
that yeah. was mm-hmm. it blew you guys mm-hmm. up on Christian radio. I know you had some some singles before then, but yeah. I mean that song pretty much puts you yeah, right yeah. now in front and center with everyone uh, in, for, in Christian radio. Yes, but uh, how did take me from how you went from Washington to yeah. you know what Nashville. you eventually started doing in Nashville? For sure, and I'll, I'll just kind of hit the high points because there were so many different events, you know, defining moments, as they say. But uh, so from the Katina boys, you know, we start, you know, hitting the, the circuit a little bit, uh, still playing in churches, any youth events, because we were doing our little choreography back in the day. And, um, and um, the other band and, and really a family band that we were huge fans of for many years was the Winans. Right. And that's oh, where yeah. BB and CC come from. So we uh, were listening to their music. I remember, I can't remember what year it was, Joe, but BB and CC were doing a show in Seattle. And uh, we happened to be home. We uh, got tickets to the show. And uh, if you know Sam, if anyone knows our, our older brother, Sam, who's on keys, this guy will go to lengths to to meet people, right? And so the, the show's finished and we think we're gonna head back in our van to go back home. And Sam's like, ah, guys, let's, let's see if we, we, we can, you know, get a hold of BB or CC. And we don't know them, right? And sure enough, we, we stayed. We were probably one of the last, there were probably 20 people waiting for autographs. And uh, uh, sure enough, coming out of the door was a BB. And so we, we met him and somehow, I don't know all the details, but, but for some reason they were on their way to the airport, you know, catching like a red eye. Remember when you could catch a red eye and, Mm -hmm. uh, he says, well, I'm on my way to the airport Can can you guys drop me off? And I'd I'd love to hear your story. (laughs) So we, 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 uh, get him in our, in our van, you know, our, our van and we're driving him to the airport. And I think we're even. You know, at this point, we're we're willing to do whatever, right? We're we're probably. I, hang, I gotta just hang on a second, yeah. though. That that's incredible. It is because that's thanks to Sam. That never happens. <laughs> no, that exactly. Never happens. No. That, yeah. That, that that sounds made up to me. I just have to say. Right. It was right. a divine. Oh, yeah. Phoebe just walked out the door and said, totally. "Take me to the airport to random strangers." But well, that really didn't happen. And, and and you know, he's with his you know maybe assistant and a group of people, yeah. and he has them you know go, jump in whatever vehicle they're in, and he says, "I'm gonna." Uh, hop in with my new friends. Like we literally just met him for but the first was time. But that, that was BB though. That was BB. That as was you him. Know BB. Yes. I, I got to know BB a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, the, so that kind of makes sense, right? That was yeah. That uh, so, thinking back on on yeah. him, that actually doesn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So that, that would have been Kirk. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yep. For you guys, right? Kirk. Right. Hey, yep. I'm gonna go yeah, with these guys. Yeah. I'll see you at the airport. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then we never see him again. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's kind of. Anyway, sorry. So, sorry, I so no, we're in the van. I hijacked the story. Keep going. We're, we're, we're in the van, and it's probably a 30 minute drive to the SeaTac airport. And we get there, um, and, you know, we kind of rush him to the check in counter, and they're like, oh, sorry, sir, the, the plane has already taken off. <laughs> so we're like, oh, man, maybe we can, you know, just take him to, to a hotel or whatever. And I don't know if he or, or, or if we offered, oh, yeah. but, 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 but basically he, uh, he, he, we, we, we offered for him to come 
and just stay stay the night at our one bedroom apartment. Five brothers, <laughs> five one brothers apartment. in a one bedroom <laughs> apartment in Tacoma, Washington. Right. Uh, and he's like, okay, man. And then, you know, you, you're going to have to, you know, uh, someone's going to have to drive me back to the airport early tomorrow morning, whatever. Well, that ended up being almost a whole week that he hung out with us. Wow. And, and we, you know, took him to the, the church that we would rehearse at, you know. And uh, so all that to say, that started a, a relationship where he, he became like a, a pseudo manager, right? And he was kind of yeah. saying, man, you, you, I, I see you guys doing this. I see you guys doing that. You want to pick up just quickly on, on what happened in New York? Again, no yeah, BB, so through we BB, we, we, we go to New York, uh, Andy, just for about a week. And, you know, with his connections, yeah. we, oh, we, yeah. we, we set, he sets up meetings with us with every major label, pretty much every major yeah. label there. And one of them, I'll spare the details on all of them, but one of them, we're, we're, we literally get to the building and we're going up to this elevator and, you know, we're too young to know what's going on. And he said, we yeah. said, who are Aren't we, we meeting? All? Yeah, he said, who are we? We said, who are we meeting? He goes, oh, this is a guy named Clive Davis from uh, Ariston. So <laughs> we get to the top and the elevator opens into this penthouse office. And sure enough, there's Clive Davis. Now, again, wow. we don't know Clive Davis. And so we sing. And then somehow he sets up a showcase for us later on. They are. Yeah, at SIR. Yeah. And so we saw, wow. so we do our I don't know, I don't remember what we did, but so we signed a deal through BB with Arista that week. Got to meet Clive and it was so Clive was literally uh did you watch the Whitney movie? Bodyguard. No, not yet. Body, I want okay. To. Okay, so anyways, Bodyguard had just come out. Yeah. So Clive, you know, Clive, I, later on we find out Clive is the man. So uh, <laughs> we moved to Washington and we said, we're moving to Nashville. And we, we signed a deal with Arista. We moved to Nashville. And then again, I'll try to be quick. Literally for about three years, we all go, we get regular jobs. They, they want us to stop traveling. This is what I recall. I'm like, how come we can't travel? Because yeah. this is how we earn a living. Well, we don't want you to saturate the market. We we want to introduce you guys as a new. Basically, the boy bands were yeah. out, right? Boys to men. Boys yeah. to yeah. men was right. at the height. Yeah, yeah. ninety eight degrees. Yeah. All these guys. And so, long story short, we all. I work at Dillard. James and I are working at Dillard's at Hickory Hollow Mall. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we all got there different many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. different yeah. jobs. Don't work for. Don't travel for three years. And again, I see God's providence in that because. He taught us some things that we would not have learned had we not gone and gotten regular nine to five jobs. Yeah. Hmm. And then uh, it didn't work out. We yeah. just, it, this, the material they wanted us to do, basically, they, it wasn't later on to find out they weren't trying to uh, promote us or market us as a Christian band. No. And the stuff that they were pitching was, I mean, not, it was not just pop stuff. It was just, it was stuff we couldn't sing. And uh, yeah. so it took us three so years. So that's interesting because, you know, here you are at your age. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible how you stayed together mm. and you had a common, you, you had a common heart about what you were called to do, what your, 
you know, where your loyalties were. Was there anybody, were there any of the guys that were kind of like, uh, maybe we should do this or was it, were you all together? Was there any friction there about, Hey, just don't give up this opportunity. No, I don't, I don't recall any friction. I, I, again, I think looking back at it, we had, we just had just enough of the, probably some legalism in us and some fear of God that was good. Yeah, I was going to say the, the fear of Moses Katina. Our dad, that, yeah, we were like, dude, if we do this, dad is going to... So right. yeah, no, it was, we were pretty much uh, on board all to, there was no battle, nobody, not any of the brothers thought, no, uh, I want to do this. Uh, we, that was not a part of our story. Um, we were pretty huh. much in unit, uh, in harmony with that. Wow. So, so then, where, what what happened? So you don't you don't follow through on the Arista deal, yeah. obviously. And you know, and and I I think we should say that say this, um, Clive Davis again, just the way that, that 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 God orchestrated everything. But when we we asked him, we literally called him directly. We didn't even go through BB. We called him directly and just just shared with him what was on our hearts. And he says, you know what, my door is always going to be open to you. Uh, you know, they had, they'd given us a signing bonus, you know, uh, for us, it was a large sum and we didn't have to pay a dime back of that. Right. Oh, wow. So we, we just knew that, um, uh, it, 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 that we were doing the right thing. And so, uh, we were back to, you know, just reaching out to our pastor friends, you know, trying to get some bookings, but I'll be honest, I, I think there was a, a sense of, uh, almost being gun shy you know we just got out of this major deal it was a multi-million dollar deal and uh I, some of the the christian labels in nashville caught wind that we were basically oh the katinas are free agents so let's let's go you know but but we were like let's just let's let's just go back to singing in churches you know and i think we did that yeah. for a good year or so and yeah. uh but then we you know we really felt like no this you know we, we this is our calling and uh and so we started meeting yeah. with um pretty much every christian label yeah and but in the meantime while we were off of the road uh working all these regular jobs we every sunday night or late we would play basketball uh, yeah at a with a bunch of musicians you know and some of the main guys there were always joey and toby from goatee and so yeah. we started developing a relationship with them um, and to be honest, I mean, man, maybe I'll just speak for myself instead of the rest of the brothers. I think when it came for us, time for us to sign, get back into the industry, it, I don't remember what contracts were. It was more that, man, these guys, we know them. Mm-hmm. They're our friends. Uh, they, were the, they were the most, uh, it made sense to us. Yeah. And some of that could yeah. be culture too. Like, well, we know these guys. Let's, let's, let's yeah. go with Goatee. Well, that's good because I mean, that's something that, that a lot of artists miss uh, that are coming into Nashville. And I work with a lot of young artists sure. that are, you know, prepping themselves yeah. to get signed. And most of them don't come out of Nashville. They come outside mm-hmm. and come in and yeah. they're trying to figure out who they can trust, who, yeah. Yeah. who's really on their side, who, you know, people are pushing them that direction and that direction. And it's, it's, it's you know, it's tearing them apart. But you guys, I think that was a real blessing for you guys. It sounds like that you were able to make Nashville your home, you're working steady jobs, yeah, absolutely. you're going to church, mm-hmm. yeah. you're, you're finding this the, the, a connection with friends Community. that are yeah. 
in the industry, but you're not thinking I'm going to be their friend because they can right. do something for me. And that's such a, that's such a subtle little mm. shift yeah. that, you know, I, I think that was, that was really awesome for you guys to, yeah. you can see God's hand in that looking back. And I agree with and you. And setting all that. that up for you. Yeah. You bring a good point up. That I think sometimes we don't tell this, I don't share this a lot. In the meantime, when we first got here, we got, we went to church and uh, Christ Church. Remember uh, Christ Church? Uh-huh. Also? Yeah. And yeah. because it was, and thank God for our mom and dad again, the local church was always a, it was a big, it was part of who we are. We could not not be a part of a church. It was, call it, you know, legalism, call it whatever. It was just part of us. Like, where are we going to go to church at? And so I think when I look back at our story, what I don't realize or give credit to enough was the importance of Christ Church in our lives, but also in our career. Because I feel like we were singing there enough. We were yeah. got encouragement. Uh, we got uh, discipleship. And so it, it didn't feel like every day of those three years, we were just, what do we got to do? What do we got to do? I mean, we just became... I mean, we were in their dramas. We were in their choir, travel with their choir. Uh, it it was uh, it was our family. So the, the 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 record deal it didn't seem like the main thing to us uh, because we were. This is just our life. We lived here. This was our home now. Yeah, that's one of the things that 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 I continue to stress to young artists um, that if you don't know who you are mm. when you get to Nashville. Yeah. They're going to tell you who they want you to be. And yeah. you got to know, and obviously you guys knew who you were. To be mm-hmm. able to turn down the Clive Davis deal mm-hmm. and to get back into churches and sing and do what God had put on your heart, that's massive for you guys mm-hmm. in your story and in your timeline is that you knew who you were. Yeah. You knew what God had called you to do so that when the right relationships came along, obviously you could say yes to the right people and no to the wrong people. Yeah. and Thank God for that. So, uh, so uh, who did you? So you did eventually sign with Goatee. We did sign yeah. with Goatee, and um, and I would say we did uh, probably four uh, four, uh, four albums. We also did a Christmas album, so five albums mm-hmm. in total. Always and, had to have a Christmas album. That was oh man. If you, if you didn't have a Christmas album, you couldn't do dates in December. Exactly. True. So, exactly. Yeah. True. Yeah, we probably uh, done, it took us a while to yeah. learn that. <laughs> <laughs> we we we've probably done another three since yeah. then. You know. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, those are valuable, man. And they, they and are those Christmas albums stick around. They do. Absolutely. Because they yeah, those things are evergreen. Yeah. And absolutely. You know. Again, you, yeah, you realize that about two years into the industry mm-hmm. when you start really touring, it's like, oh my gosh, I've got to have. We gotta have Christmas songs if we're gonna work and if we're gonna work after Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. Because up to that point, <laughs> only Amy Grant had a Christmas record. Yeah, <laughs> I'm teasing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. She had exactly. multiple. Yeah. Uh, so I remember, yeah. um, you know, so we we uh, we started working with uh, Goatee with Joby, uh, 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 Toby and Joey, and you know, one of the things that we really loved about working with them was uh, just the fact that you know to- Toby himself is an artist. Right. So from a creative standpoint, they were really good about helping us to develop as writers and doing all of that. But they also gave us a lot of freedom, you know, to just like you said, just be who we we are, what our sound is, um, you know, and and navigate through the proper channels. So it was the the first album 
it, it really uh, created a lot of awareness into the, the Christian market. We started going on some pretty big tours. Uh, again, speaking of, of Christmas, we, we, we were on probably three or four of Amy Grant's Christmas tours, and then we, uh, we would do uh, some of Michael W. Smith's. And then there was a second album called uh, Destiny that uh, more and more, uh, Joby and, uh, and uh, Mike McLaughlin, uh, the A&R director, they, they gave us more freedom to even start writing. Uh, we were we were writing on on the first project, but they gave us even more freedom. You know, uh, teamed us up with some other writers, collaborating with them. And uh, I, I don't know where we were, Joe, but I, I think at the time we we started uh, kind of getting a little full of ourselves. You know, and we were starting to learn how to read the charts. You know, that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. And we were writing. We had a writing session, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know who it was. You know, someone. Kind of like, hey guys, we 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 need to knock it off. We were, we're we're just we're complaining a lot, and literally, out of this whining session, these five guys, uh, just like the Holy Spirit always does, it just kind of encourages our hearts. And that's when we wrote, "Thank you." Oh wow! That's when we wrote, "Thank you." It was like, okay, here we are, just complaining about what's not happening and this and that, and yet all of these other things, the, the, the opportunities that God's opening up and the fact that we are, as five young men, we're living out our dreams, you know, we're, we're traveling and, and sharing our message of hope and love. And uh, so out of a whining session came the song, hmm. Thank You. And I've listened to that song, I listened to that song twice this morning. Hmm. Uh, just, and I've been listening to, I don't know, I, probably because I'm, I'm doing this podcast now, I've been listening to a ton of, of classic Christian music. Wow. And I would regard anything, obviously, in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s to be classic. Um, and that song just still holds up. It's It still moved me, you know, whether it's the, the, the beauty of the song itself or the memories mm. that it brings back. Mm. That song just, and I had it on again before we, before we started this conversation, just going through it, going, man, this is, it's just still a great song. And I'm assuming yeah. that's a song you guys still do everywhere you go it's, it's would that be night. probably your would that probably be your career song you'd say that's your first career song definitely I think so definitely i mean anybody who knows us that's the song they want to hear and i i think you can relate to this probably andy uh when you sing it so much you you, you want from an artist's point you're like okay no we got new stuff you got to yeah. hear this yeah. new one <laughs> and so apparently sometimes you know we'll just not sing thank you unless somebody absolutely please please but so there's this church we lead worship at uh here in murfreesboro it's like a home church away from home we lead the worship there like four times a year and this last weekend we actually sang thank you mm. and it was probably the first time we've sung it there in i would wow. say a couple of years and man while we were singing it, it i was like god wow this is this was a gift from God to, I think, to us at least, mm. um, just the reminder of how much we have to be thankful for. And mm. I don't know what, how it hits different people when they hear it, but I know for me, it, it just reminds me of just how humbling it is to just know that we are fully known by God and fully loved. And you I'm know, our songs are prophetic. Yeah. When, when God's in it, mm -hmm. the songs we write when we're younger. Yeah. 
are, are kind of prophetic because I sing Where There Is Faith now. Oh. And it means so much more to me than it did in my 20s. Yeah. It, it continues to grow. It, it just, and I'm sure Thank You does for you too. It brings up, like, you go, oh man, maybe I wrote that song for this, this time. time in my life. <laughs> so it's true. amazing. You know, so I, it true. meant something yeah. back then, but it means even more now. I, I love that. I, that's that's an encouragement to to any songwriter out there, or artist out there, that you know, just just follow the path you're supposed Amen. to be on, and you may not you may not really understand everything God's doing through you right then. It'll make sense yeah. ten, twenty, thirty years down the road. Amen. Yeah. Amen, so that amen. song, that song, uh, really just that that was a catapult for Christian radio, and obviously, you know, the just. You know the Katinas are a force to be reckoned with in in Christian radio, and then and then man, the worship thing. Tell me how, tell me how that happened because again, worship wasn't yeah. it wasn't the thing. It was there weren't a lot of vertical songs being yeah. written. It was all about the Christian life, and yeah. you know, I know for him, we we had talked about worship because I was wanting to get into worship, so. I think on the Walk On album, or maybe the album before that, we had we had you know consciously tried to throw in some vertical, sure. more vertical lyrics um, in in those albums. But when did that? When did you make that turn? Well, I think Andy, it was it that was our roots, right? Like mm-hmm. it, at our most comfortable, like even when we started when we started getting radio and people started inviting us to come because of one more time or thank you or you are God. It was a stretch for us to do a, a show, let's call it, uh, without um, worship because worship was our most comfortable place. That was our default. And so it, the stretch for us was uh, doing a concert just from the, you know, no, I want to hear that song. Okay. Like we would do the record and then we would think we got to learn the record. But what was most naturally to us was the worship. We just thought this, this is, everybody does this. And so lifestyle, when we released lifestyle, I, I think, I don't know if it was the, the label's way to just say, okay, just do, if you could do what you wanted, what would it be? We we're like, it's a live praise and worship. That's where we're, I think at our best. Yeah. Um, I don't know all what was going on in the industry, but that time, but I almost feel like, with Goatee, from their point, their uh, vantage point, it was a big risk. Like because oh, they weren't a wor- worship. No, nah, they weren't. Yeah, a, they, were it, more, they even fa- yeah, they urban. even did a worship uh, label, and they were wondering, should we 40. put it on forty or yeah. where are we going to put this record? And so, you know, I think we were too young at that point in our career to be concerned about the marketing and radio, and we're just like, well, we're going to do this, and uh, let's. And, and, and once again, to to Joey and Toby's credit, yeah, um, they gave us the freedom, right? To just literally, uh, we worked with uh, Brian Lennox, mm-hmm. and uh, oh wow, and rest we, in peace, right? Yeah, yeah, Brian. Brian's rest amazing. Peace, yeah. Brian. So we 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 just we were um, coming up with this selection of songs, <clears throat> and uh, we put it out, and I would say. From an album standpoint, stat-wise, that was probably our most successful record. Lifestyle. You know, just lifestyle, lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was also when 
shortly thereafter, we were uh, starting to do these, um, these Christmas tours. And uh, one of the Christmas tours we did with Michael W. Smith, you know, like you were talking about, you know, we'd have these, these devotional moments uh, be- before the, the, the concert. And, uh, you know, Michael would ask us, hey, what other songs are you guys, you know, when you're traveling in churches? And we said, man, I don't know if you've heard of this song. And we sang him a chorus of Draw Me Close. Oh, right? man, I was going to ask about that one. Yeah. And so it was kind of in that, that period. And we didn't, we didn't know he was, he, was, uh, he was preparing to put this album together that later on became uh, The Exodus Project. And mm-hmm. after that, uh, so that was a Christmas tour. So it was probably spring of the following year when he reaches back out to us. Again, he was working with Brian Lennox. And uh, he says, guys, I was trying to tell Brian about this song. You, you guys have to come over and, and sing it. So I don't even know if he was planning on having us on, on that record because, you know, it was, uh, it was uh, with, with other artists, other features. Uh, but that's how uh, Draw Me Close made it onto the Exodus Project. You know, wow. he and loved he it that. so much. Um, and uh, so, you know, we, 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 we started seeing who, who, who wrote Draw Me Close? I was going to tell you. Uh, so it, it was oh, Kelly. Kelly Carpenter. Yeah. And we, we didn't meet Kelly till after the song <laughs> came festival. out. So we'd be telling everybody, yeah, Kelly, this, this lady, Kelly Carpenter, wrote this song, and she's phenomenal. You know, we didn't never meet her. <laughs> were we in C- uh, was, We were at a festival. So we were at a festival. <laughs> and <laughs> this guy comes up, hey, guys. I'm Kelly Carpenter. <laughs> like, oh man, we're so sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Well, how did you find the song? Just, because it sounds like it at that point it wasn't no no like everywhere. Youth, I think we we were leading. We were doing a uh, at a convention, youth convention. Yeah, yeah. Uh, youth convention, uh, and mm-hmm. we were singing, and we heard them before us singing this. Uh, we had never heard it. Uh, yeah. Draw me close, and we we're like, man, that's a song. We got to learn that. So that's how we learned that. Wow. Wow. Yeah, because, you know, nowadays, it's just you're, you're hearing songs written in churches or, you know, yeah. songs are coming out of Elevation, out of Hillsong, out of Maverick you know, City. Bethel. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, those make themselves, they, they make their way into mainstream sure. yeah. Christian music. But back then, you know, I, I look at several songs that I feel like were pivotal in in really putting some gas in the tank for the for the worship movement, I yeah. think of you know, did you feel the mountains tremble? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, what was the big um, shout uh, to the I, Lord? I've done a couple of big songs, but "Draw Me Close" mm-hmm. yeah. was one of those. I mm-hmm. feel like all of a sudden yeah. you're like, this is this is different, and it's I want more of yeah. it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That song, and and you know that. At that point, people would have us. They're like, hey, we want you to come and sing Draw Me Close. Like, hmm. man, yeah, we could sing that. <laughs> we could sing a yeah. whole hour and a half of that kind of music if yeah. you want. <laughs> yeah. So every artist, and, and you know, uh, forgive me for taking away from the spiritual side here, but <laughs> the practical side is that every artist needs a career song. Mm-hmm. You have to have a career song yeah. to continue <clears throat> and, and, and yeah. you know, continue the growth as an artist and the opportunities that that brings you. So obviously, uh, thank you was a career song for you guys because it, you know, if people don't know how the labels work and you've got to, you've got to show, you've got to show some success on the charts and sales. And 
you gotta, you gotta, people have to, people have to be coming to your concerts. And if you don't have that career song, then yeah. you probably don't get picked up for the following. Cause you, you sign a, you sign a deal and it's a multi, usually a multi album deal, but the label holds the option. Yeah whether to renew you from album to album to album. You don't really have that option. Right. As a, at least we didn't. And right. Most artists that I, that I knew back yep. in the day didn't. Um, and so a career song in, ensures that you're going to have one or two more albums mm-hmm. uh, that you're going to be able to do with that label and then draw me close. Gosh. Yeah. Another career song for yeah. you guys. Yes. Just now did that. So did, did that uh, in effect turn you into worship artists? Did you feel like that everywhere you went now, not that it was a bad thing, yeah. but did you feel like everywhere you went now, worship is what we're, what we're all about? I, 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 I think yes. so. I, I think so. I think uh, it, it did open up um, more doors for us, for sure, especially with churches. And, uh, and you know, we, we've always been this band. I mean, some people <laughs> refer to us as like chameleon-like, right? Mm-hmm. Where because we have this soulful sound, we, you know, we, we, we grew up with Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know, we, we like Chicago, you know, hauling out. And so it, it was this mesh of a sound. But I think at the core, and anyone who's seen us live, whether it's a 30-minute set or an hour and a half, a worship to me uh, has and always will be the foundation, you know. And we're able to throw in the thank yous and the so goods and the one more time. But but worship is is kind of the the, the, the thing from way back then, uh, definitely till now. Currently, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Tell me a little bit about your family. So, you guys got married while you were before before you started touring. When you moved to Nashville, tell me how you met your spouses, and you know, because that's that's uh, I, I you know, I it's 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 a it's an interesting dynamic if you get if you get married before mm-hmm. you have success in the industry, before you start touring, mm-hmm. then if you get married, it's a, just a different yeah. deal. So yeah. I want to kind of know how you guys met your spouses and started raising your family during that time. Yeah. So when we first moved to Nashville, only Sam and I were married, uh, Kathy and Lori. They're not sisters, but people think they're sisters. They're just, <laughs> they've been friends since grade school. Oh, and wow. Then, That's uh, like Mark and I. So Mark and I, I had no idea. Best friends. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. His wife Jody, okay, and my wife Jackie were best friends in sixth grade. S- same with Lori and Kathy. Just I think wow. it might have been fifth grade. That's crazy. Yeah, and then uh, everyone got married later on, and I would say we've all been married as we were trying to. I wouldn't say we were we weren't making a living when everybody got married. We still had to work jobs and. Yeah. I would say you weren't making a living in the industry. In the industry, exactly. you're right. Right, right, right. Uh, in fact, I would say it wasn't for me personally. Ninety three, so it was probably seven years of my marriage that Lori was the breadwinner. You know, or she was pretty much taking care of us. And uh, so now, looking back at just our life now, Andy, with all of us married, nineteen kids. Between wow. the five of us, Sam's got uh, five grandchildren. Uh, Lori and I have our first grandchild coming in May. Oh, oh, you're gonna love it! How uh, many do you have? 
I have five. Oh, wow. that's awesome. Yeah, in fact, three of them are coming over today to spend the night with us. That's and so they're awesome, just, man. It's the best. Oh, <laughs> grand, being a poppy, being yeah. a grandpa. That's have you awesome. picked out your grandpa name yet? So we're not sure of this, but, you know, it's Lori, my wife. So we're one. Uh-huh. It's been suggested. Uh, JoJo, it was me, and Lolo is her. So maybe JoJo okay. and Lolo. <laughs> that works. I love it. Does it? Yeah. How about you? You just You're... want to make sure it's they can they can say it. Yeah, on. exactly. Are you yeah. your poppy? I'm a poppy. And yeah. what's? And you're... then my wife is Jackie, so she's Jack Jack. Oh, Jack Jack. I love poppy that. Jack. And we have one. We have one little grandson. Our daughter, who lives in Spring Hill, actually, oh. has a five year old and a two year old, and the two year old. Wow. Uh, has been calling uh, Jackie Rara, and he can say everybody else's name, but he calls her Rara. He knows he's doing it. Yeah, and we can't get him to say Jack Jack. Yeah, and it's just driving my wife up the wall because he, he'll say Poppy, he'll yell Poppy, yeah. and yeah, you know Jack all Jack Rara. Uh, but so the other day we were on the phone, and uh, he likes to tell knock knock jokes. That's his. Thing. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Go, knock knock. Yeah, you know, scream it. Uh-huh. And so I did it back to him, and I said, "Hey, Guthrie, knock knock." He said, who's there? I said, Jack, Jack. And he went, Jack, Jack, who? And both my wife and I screamed. We went, we got it. <laughs> we tricked him into saying Jack. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Perfect, so, man. Yeah, you got all that stuff to look forward to. That is awesome. Right. I digress. Yeah. Continue about no, your family. Well, I, I have uh, my oldest son, uh, Jackson. Uh, uh-huh. We used to call him Jack, Jack. But uh, Jackson um, and his wife, Leah, they got married. It'll be two years in July. So. We're not grandparents yet, but uh, we're getting close. We're getting close. Well, I mean, with 19 out there already between the five of you, I mean, you're going to have a... I can't wait. You're just going to have a mess of grandkids everywhere. That's going to (laughs) be quite a family reunion when you guys get together. For sure. So anyways, with the wives, man, I got to tell you, in fact, I'm going to tell you this. uh, Interesting you say this, Andy. As you know, in the journey of life, we, we go through some stuff, right? Like, we're going to yeah. be, we're celebrating 30 years next week. And I mean, last year has been, it's been a, a challenging year for me personally. Started battling with some anxiety from, from stuff from my past, working through it. Uh, and my wife has been, I mean, just literally an angel. And Lori, you know, if you knew Lori, she's she's humble. She's a behind the scenes. But I think it was yesterday or two days ago. She said, baby, I hope this doesn't sound arrogant or cocky. And I'm like, oh, OK, Lori doesn't talk like this. I want to hear what she's going to say. She said, but you could not find a better wife than me. <laughs> I said, you're absolutely right, honey. She said, with what I put up with and. And I said, you're right. You're right. I mean, no, not even a hesitancy with that. Um, but once again, I look back at God's providence, God's mercy, and God's grace for, for us as individual, individuals, but even for us as a family, man, just to be able to still be working together as brothers, to have 19 kids. We, we understand that our family, we, is, it, we're, best, we're both blessed and broken. Mm. And just that God's faithfulness and his mercy uh, endures. You know, when we sing worship songs like his love endures forever, like you said, it means a lot different when I'm singing that at 53 than when I sing that at 30. Because the words are coming from my soul. 
It's not just singing song, somebody wrote this. It's, uh, it's different when you, you live it. And, uh, and you're, we're only, <laughs> I'm only able to live it by the grace of God. So thanks for asking about our Amen. family. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. That, you know, people need to know that what they're feeling is not, they're not alone. Mm-hmm. What they're going through, they're not alone. And to hear, you know, you know, somebody they've looked up to or they've listened to their music their whole life say, yeah, this is what I'm going through. And it's what right. I've been through. And, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's why I love telling these stories. It's just, I, you know, people need to know they're not alone. Yeah. And I think it's encouraging to hear, you know, other people talk about the journey that they've been on. Mm. Uh, so I, I want to end with this. What, what's the future of the Katinas? You, will you guys just do this till you're like 80 and <laughs> you know, you're, you're still out there trying not to break a hip. Yeah. As you long know, as doing, Bill, doing, if Bill doing is doing, doing it, we're doing it. <laughs> uh, you know, um, the, the way we like to put it is, is uh, this, this is our life's work, right? This is, it's, it's not only, it's not just what we know to do, but this is what we were called to do, you know? And, and I, I will say, Andy, that it's been an absolute, just, just a blessing and a joy that, that I get to be a part of something uh, with my brother, you know? Now, now we, we have the scars to prove, you know, the fights and, and all of the, the craziness that we've been through as, as little boys and brothers growing up in the same home. But in regards to our purpose and, and what we've been doing uh, with music being the platform, uh, obviously, the Katina's ministry has evolved. There's, there's, it's, it, there's, there's a lot more than just the music, and we're thankful for that. We're, we're really just... Um, just humbled that, that God has allowed us. He's given us the grace, you know, Joe's just sharing that. That was a powerful, just that encouragement from a personal standpoint that, you know what, we, we don't have it all together, Mm -hmm. you know, but together we have it all. And Mm -hmm. and because of just what, what Jesus has mapped out for, for the Katina. So I would say, uh, in, in a lot of ways, we feel like we have our second wind. Mm -hmm. Um, we are going to continue as long as, God allows us to, you know, that we all are healthy. Um, you know, once again, so much credit goes to our, our wives and our families. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in a different space. We're, we're, we're now welcoming grandbabies and a lot of the kids are getting married. So we were very excited uh, within the Katina's operation, the ministry, uh, uh, some of our kids are working with us, you know, so that's kind of a, a new layer. It's been exciting. My nephew, Josh, uh, is helping us in so many. He he wears several different hats: uh, niece Courtney and Caitlin and Eli, and so it's uh, it, it it looks a little different. But I, I think um, in a lot of ways uh, we we feel uh, more fulfilled. Uh, we just wrapped up a, a hymns project, which hopefully we can come back on your podcast and and maybe uh, share a little bit of that. Where we uh, worked with uh, Dan Needham, yeah. Just, uh, just really, really excited about that, and uh, we're, we we do uh, an event called uh, the Katinas and Cousins Reunion. So the cousins, and we probably shared with you in in the Polynesian uh, circles, uh, the Polynesian families or Samoans, everyone is related, right? So we call everyone cousin, uncle, auntie, 
So our community is, is called the Cousins. So we do this thing called the Cousins Reunion, the Katinas and Cousins Reunion. This will be the second year that we're doing that, where people, literally, we have two, 300 people come and spend three days with us. And uh, we're doing it this year in the West Coast. So um, we're just, you know, continuing to encourage the body of Christ. We're, we're thankful that churches are still opening up their doors to us. And, and uh, so, again, we'll, we'll go as long as we can. It's been a good, good season, uh, Andy. I think late, lately, probably within the last, especially 10 years, people ask us, how long are you going to do this? What are you going to do? Uh, and when COVID hit, I'll be honest with yeah. you. Um, I thought that was the end of the traveling or the And that's how we earn our living. Yeah. I thought, okay, what mm -hmm. is this? And I, like God does, sometimes he, he only God can bring like clarity out of confusion. And <laughs> so for us, as James said, it was not that, oh, we're done. It's like, well, we're not done. We just got to do it differently. And so we're doing some online content, uh, and we're traveling less, a much better pace for us, and by the grace of God, still able to take care of our families. As James said, four of our kids work with us. I'm honored to say both of my sons work with us at some level, and throw that's a dream. I, uh, it's, it's pretty great to me when I think, okay, my sons know how jacked up I am. And still they choose to work with us. That's a miracle from it God himself. Miracle. I and love I, that. I love working with them. Um, I'm going to cheat uh, in my, on my son's uh, a wall. He has this saying. It says, uh, this is a Picasso saying. The meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. Wow. And I believe that our gift, God has gifted our family to encourage families. Uh, yeah, to bring the hope and love of Jesus to families, whether you're a, a blended family, a single parent, a whole family, that is our gift. And so our purpose for the rest of the, our lives is however we can, whether it be through music, whether it be through the word, a podcast, to encourage families out there that, hey, it doesn't matter what you've been through or what you're going through or what you're getting ready to go through. God is in this story. He still yes. has hope, a purpose, and a plan for your life. So don't give up. Mm. And then finally, how do I do that? How do I live God's purpose out? One day at a time. Hey, thanks for listening. Join me every Monday for new stories from the Christian music industry and beyond. If you want more content like this with a lot of great music, join me for Worship with Andy Chrisman, airing on 500 stations around the world every single weekend. And when you get a second, run over to my website, andychrisman.net, for more information about my professional vocal coaching and an incredible new resource for worship pastors called The Worship Table. Hey, we'll see you next time on the One Degree of Andy podcast.